All right. Hey, everybody. This is Kate. And this is Francis. And we're back. Yay! It's only been eight months. I know. I know. I like, I, I wrote this down on our script, so I just have to like explain it because I was looking back at our old planned episode, which you guys this is not going to be the same topic. Uh, so to take you guys behind the curtain, um, the last intro was, and I quote, what? It didn't take us six months to make a new episode? Well, that's exciting. I don't want to say we're super reliable yet, but maybe it's a New Year's resolution for us to become more reliable as podcast hosts. The narrator says it was not a New Year's resolution. It did not happen. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, still not true. Um, <laughs> it did take us over six months, like Francis said. So um, we're going to title this our uh, hopefully not consistently biannual podcast. <laughs> yeah. We had the best intentions in January, February after recording. Uh, we recorded it like right smack dab in the middle of January. I edited it and threw it up uh, online two weeks after we recorded it. And I mean, we were like, yes, this is going to be great. I mean, literally our notes in the original draft of this were about Kobe Bryant. Yep. And so like, like we, we had, we had full paragraphs ready. It wasn't like the legit, script was we're so prepared. Yeah. It was like the first time that it was like, okay, day one, right afterwards, let's start writing the script because Kobe died, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 2020 happened too. Um, I, I don't know what y'all have been dealing with, but <laughs> yeah, can you guys relate? I mean, like maybe you guys have been having a fantastic 2020. Some people got married. I don't know, but yeah 2020 we have we have successfully both avoided the rona although one of my bosses at work did have it which wow was scary and um not great he was were you in the office uh i avoided the office for two weeks after he decided to come back and gotcha. then so i didn't i didn't see him for over a month because i didn't see him for like two weeks before he got it. And then I didn't see him for like a th another three or four weeks after he came back to the office. Um, for those not aware, I've been floating between DFW and East Texas. Um, I have no intentions of going back to the corporate office that I work in for a long while because I work on the fourth floor. And I also work in a cubicle and I'm in the front row of the cubicle and I'm right next to the kitchen. So just all of those things combined, not going back for a while. Um, but we have an East Texas office that's on a one level and there are only like five people in their max at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's easy to social distance. I'm in, I'm in a back room by myself. So it's easy for me to work in there by myself and have two screens when I need it. Um, so I've been floating between um, the two areas and Kate has actually been in Texas almost all summer. Isn't that shocking? After last summer, we were talking about me being in Montana. I did go to Montana for a little bit uh, to help like out. like a month, though. Yeah, I went for a month to help out with our friend Emily's wedding. Yes, I went to a wedding during the time of COVID. It was outdoors, and it was very small. So they did it right. They downsized. But um, at the same time, uh, I also went back for two weeks cause my mom is moving to LA. Um, yeah, ironically, the two people running a podcast are not moving to LA, <laughs> but my mom who is a teacher is moving to LA. 
So, uh, well, we have a place to stay now in LA, I guess is the point. Um, but yeah, so I helped out a little bit, but for the most part, I've just been quarantining in Texas and, uh, sitting in my, uh, one bedroom apartment that flooded again. So that was, I was about to ask. Yeah. Flooded once. I mean, we got the carpet replaced again and now I have furniture because I am completely thinking that this is going to be a place I'm going to live for a little bit longer, at least until like a lot of this stuff is done. I I do a lot of apartment looking at, like, I'm not going to lie. Have you ever like found yourself like just looking in Zillow or wherever? I get Zillow emails daily right now because (laughs) when my, so I just re-signed my lease. My lease starts over actually in just a couple of days. We're recording on September 5th. My lease restarts on the 8th. Um, so about Isn't it Beyonce's birthday yesterday was. Yeah. Oh, it's yesterday. My bad you guys. Sorry. My oh, best yeah. friend's little girl and Beyonce have the same birthday. Oh, fancy. Also Kate's birthday was two days ago. Y'all. Yeah. It's me. And then also my boyfriend's cousin's baby that was just born. <laughs> so yay to sharing birthdays with babies. Me and Beyonce <laughs> have something in common. <laughs> Um, but Sorry. yeah, let's, let's move on again, back to the podcast. We're hoping to make this monthly yes. is our goal. And we, and then yes. Kate got a promotion. So kudos to Kate, of course. Yeah. I've been working a lot. Sorry guys. That's been part of my problem. Um, staying up multiple all nights. Um, so it's not like I'm just sleeping around. I mean, I'm not just sleeping, <laughs> not you guys you know what I mean right like you're you're our like 12 listeners so um yeah but 2020 hit hard and we survived though so we're still we are we are surviving and attempting to thrive as I hope most of you are but still socially isolating yes and wearing a mask when you have to go out I mean, you can get some really cute masks, by the way. So like, I, if you guys need like links, I have we, quite a few. We got, we got links, y'all. <laughs> I have enjoyed, in a way, this whole ability to accessorize and not necessarily need as much makeup either. Like it's Listen, been really good for girls. It's great because I feel like even my under eye bags don't look as bad with a mask on. Exactly. Yeah. But all right. So. I think we've talked a lot for our intro. Uh, we'll, we'll transition over to our first segment. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while, you guys. But uh, our first segment is always what is our shameless pop culture consumption for the past few weeks? And obviously, because it's been eight months, this may be <laughs> eight months worth of pop culture con- consumption. Yeah, like... Okay, I'll, get, I'll, I'll just get started because like one of mine is, because I, I, you guys, I took Francis's lead and I decided to have more on this episode because last time I only threw like one out and then she had like this whole like laundry list. So you're welcome. Um, so like main thing was, is I think that's like not to be like super dark, but I feel like 2020 has been a lot about like death because like obviously we talked about Kobe and Gianna Bryant, huge tragedy and that was one of the things that we are going to highlight but like since then like Chadwick Boseman like George Floyd Brianna Taylor Naya Rivera like I just can't believe how many people have died in pretty tragic ways like there's a whole spectrum there of different ways that when you take into consideration that COVID has been happening it puts it all really more into perspective like life is super short and like fuck cancer obviously but there are like we have to live our life like and uh 
we have to write our own stories, which is also a hint to something later. But at the same time, like a lot of these people that we listed here have something in common. And we do want to recognize that we are both Black Lives Matter supporters. And that should be something that if you don't agree with it, it's totally cool to take Shea Serrano's advice, like just get the fuck out. Because if you don't believe in Black Lives Matter, we don't need your consumption of our podcast. So sorry, but uh, we, <laughs> I have to we cover kindly that ask, first. Yeah, we kindly ask that those who do not support Black Lives Matter exit the podcast now. <laughs> yep. Um, but all right. So now that the losers have left, um, on a more positive note-ish, uh, I guess- I am obsessed with a new TV show that, uh, I mean, I, a couple of new TV shows. Uh, one is called The Vow. Francis, have you heard of The Vow? I have not, but I can see what your notes are about. And so I've heard about this cult because you, okay. know, I, you know I love a good cult. I know. That's why I'm surprised you haven't watched it yet because it's also on HBO. And we know you, listen, you watch HBO because you talked about the Game of Thrones on our last podcast. So um, basically there was a cult called Nexium. And it's spelled N-X-I-V-M. But not to be confused with the acid reflux medication Nexium. (laughs) Pronounced the same way, but spelled different. Yes. So if you're looking to Google this one, it's N-X-I-V-M. So uh, HBO has only released two episodes. They come out on Sundays and they've actually released one early one that I watched today. So obviously, you guys, I'm up to date on my research. Um, But I'm like totally hooked because basically I realized that cults like Nexium and Scientology, they love to target their celebrities. Um, I know you have consumed a lot of Leah Remini's, but um, it's like super, well, super messed up. But like the documentary is so well done that uh, in the world of binging, it makes you want more like crazy because basically what happened is one of their members was documenting the cult for his own, for their benefit. So that way they could have great promotional material when his wife realized that she thought it was a cult and left. And then he started realizing that he thought it was a cult. And then all of a sudden everybody else starts realizing it. And I don't want to spoil anything because there's a ton of turns, but like, it's amazing footage, amazing footage. And it's just, it's also super recent. Like it was like only in the last like two years. That I was going to say, I, I remember this blowing up within yeah. the last five years. So I, I know, I know very vague bits of information about it, but I'm, I'm definitely intrigued because as I've kind of hinted at and Kate mentioned, I loved uh, Leah Remini's show, um, the aftermath about her leaving Scientology and then exposing it for what it is, a cult. Um, and now she and her co-producer co-host uh, Mike Rinder, who used to be like the number three in yep. Scientology, they have a podcast uh, I think they've released about six episodes, um, and the first two that I've listened to were are incredibly well done, just like their show was on A and E. Um, and if you haven't gotten into the craziness of Scientology, I I beg you because it's yep. it's masking as a church, and it's not. It's a cult. They take millions of dollars away from people regularly, and I'm not just talking the Tom Cruises of the world who have millions of dollars to give away to this quote-unquote church. They're taking it away from people like you and me, and then signing them into- Oh, by the way, Francis, I have millions of dollars, too. I do. Damn, I'm sorry. I invested in gold. 
I mean, I invested in it early. So uh, yeah, I, I think um, it's really going to pay off soon. Good. Um, but like they're, they're signing, Scientology signs people into literal billion year contracts. Because I billion have a years, years because you come back in another life and you rejoin the church and then you sign another billion year contract. It's wild. Anyway, I'm going to get off my Scientology rant. No, no, no. I mean, I think it's perfect because what's really crazy about it, though, is that the first episode of this podcast, and I, I know, I mean, not podcast, but TV show, it kind of is like if you ever watched uh, Wild Wild Country, that other one about cults that was up in Oregon. And it's weird because you can kind of understand why people find these places. And so it, it is where you can still have a little bit of empathy for them. It's, and- it's very deep psychological problems. And obviously we see, I've seen with Scientology, some people are born into it. Leah Remini was brought in when she was like, I think she was eight by her mom. So right. she- eight-year-olds have no choice. It's not, you know, some people are born into it, all that good stuff. Um, And you do, you feel for these people um, that were brought in by other people thinking it's going to save my life. It's going to help all of these issues I have. It's going to fill this hole. And the thing is, it's not because they're not real religions or they're not real good organizations that are trying to help you. They're cults. They're bad. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. And it's also one of those things where I think the people who start these things usually start out very positive. I think it's the same thing about the producer guy. I can't remember his name, even though you said it. Um, Mike Rinder. Is that Mike Rinder and like the people that were on this one, The Vow, is a lot of it was they thought they were helping people. And that's the thing that's like probably the most messed up is that there are like, like maybe one or two people that know the truth and everybody else just is a marketing person for the organization and they're thinking that their problems are being solved so they do want to share with other people because that is what a lot of us are looking for so sorry to go on a cult little sidetrack there but uh highly recommend the vow um and so we can kind of go on to my next one which is a totally different side of the tv consumption spectrum (laughs) um you guys are gonna learn that i've got a lot of different interests but um there's a TV show that if you aren't watching, and I don't think Francis is, uh, you guys are missing out. Um, 90 Day Fiance. So it is the best way to consume other people's lives. And like, I want all my single friends like to find love overseas. So <laughs> Francis. Um, and uh, even if it doesn't work, um, I want my friends to be the person that invites me to be their friend on the, on the, the follow-up show called pillow talk which is um former contestants watching other contestants on 90 day fiance oh you guys and that's not it because there's one more that tlc aka the learning channel that's the real initials was like uh so what if the contestants that the pillow talk contestants were talking about want to strike back and watch other people commenting on watching their season and comment on those other people watching their season yes you guys i am hooked i am invested what is that one called that one's called strikes back (laughs) that doesn't even make sense i like pillow talk i think that's cute and creative there should have another cute creative name 
no strikes back works though because that's what they're doing is they're commenting on the people doing pillow no, talk like, i want a cutesy punny name <laughs> yeah no puns <laughs> in this family um but yeah you guys i'm invested and uh if anybody needs someone to uh live tweet any 90 day fiance Kate uh, is on it episode i got you i got some memes i'm ready i got big ed memes i got everybody so yes so, anywho last thing i want to say is that uh i also watched mulan without me uh, Francis hasn't invested in it yet. We can't talk about it. But maybe if we schedule to do another episode, it will persuade her. So, um, also, you guys, Disney Plus is releasing more Mandalorian soon. So, Hell we yeah. all support this struggling, fledgling company that is Disney. Oh, poor Disney. That's it for me. What about <laughs> you, Francis? Um, so, I'm going to detour momentarily because I know we can both talk about this, although it's been a few weeks, I know, since I played and probably several months since you played. Um, but I know millions of us across the world have been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, and it has brought most of us much joy, although much, much frustration yes. um, because the nooks are crooks. Oh, absolutely crooks. And at the same time, you are blindly building and then you realize later on that in order to reorganize everything, it's super impossible to do it uh, easily. So um, that's a fun thing to learn. And then there's people with like multiple houses on multiple islands. And I'm like, how does this work? Like, I don't understand it, guys. I, I haven't played in three weeks, I think. So I haven't played in like three months, but um, <laughs> apparently you can move on to somebody else's island. I don't know how. I would never try. It doesn't matter that much. No. I got bored with my own island, and that wasn't for lack of trying. It was for the fact that I just couldn't get the five-star rating, and I kind of just gave up. But the villager that she and I both have, that we both love, Chatter. Oh, Chatter is fantastic. A you mouse got him? who, yes, I got him. I convinced him to move when he visited me. Um, he's a mouse that looks like he's made of cheese and his name yes. is Chatter and I love him. And his house is a bathroom. This whole house is a bathroom. <laughs> the entire thing, <laughs> like huge jacuzzi. And he goes and sits on his, one of his toilets or his He has bidet. a toilet and a bidet. This man is living the life of luxury. And he's a snooty villager a snooty villager nicest snooty ever i know it, well apparently that was why i was never gonna get raymond even though raymond had two different colored eyes which my dog has two different colored eyes which was the only reason why i wanted raymond um but yeah you can't have raymond if you have a snooty person and so raymond won't show up so i, I gave up on trying to find him at once <laughs> yeah but raymond the one that everybody um, wants you can't get whatever Anywho. anyway you a Hamill fan? I know Kate is. Um, yes. so <laughs> we are big Hamill fans. And that was a quote from the video of, I don't know his name, but he was a Miami Marlins player. And he was like in practice, oh, living his best life, best. talking to his teammates, singing the songs. He, he said was like, it was his, a Hamill fan? Me too. He um, said it was his like, um, what do you call it? Uh, not spring training, but his like preseason, uh, like motivational soundtrack. It was the greatest thing ever. Celebrities and, and professional football players. They're just like us. Yes. Um, so I watch Hamilton or listen to it constantly while working. I've uh, determined that I am actually super productive when I'm watching it. I don't know why. 
because I do I stop to watch it but I like while I'm working I get so much done and I think it's obviously because the music is just off the charts amazing and motivational like I the first time I heard like um not throwing away my shot obviously just called my shot but you have to say the whole thing uh for people who haven't seen it to understand it reminded me exactly the first time I heard like eight mile and like you only get one shot one opportunity you know that yeah. song all well, that and I love that yourself. Lynn, Lynn has uh first name basis because we love Lynn Manuel Miranda <laughs> Lynn has admitted to pulling all of these influences from other R&B and rap songs and so there's multitudes of YouTube videos of people saying obviously I mean in Helpless uh Philippa Sue who plays Eliza says the boy is mine well I mean Monica versus Brandy that was just on I really I don't know what it was but I assume it all had to do with the boy that boy is mine right um but we're huge Hamilton fans and we'll dig into that a little bit more and I would love to marry David Diggs I'm putting that out into the universe it will never happen and I will be very embarrassed if he ever hears this (laughs) Oh, you mean my good friend, David Diggs? Yes, your good friend, David Diggs, who Wait. Kate talked to for two full minutes. She was only given like a minute and a half and she got an extra no. 30 seconds. No, I was oh. only given a minute and I got an extra minute. Yes. Because she asked that good of a question. No, I didn't. It was just because like I probably was waiting so long that he felt guilty about it. But uh, yeah. He no, is a uh, beautiful and immensely talented human being and we should all be in awe of him. And a former Division One collegiate athlete, you guys. So we stand, we stand. Yes, we stand hard. Um, no, we'll talk a little bit more about Hamilton later. But I agree, I am super productive when I listen to it or watch it. So I'm on the same wavelength as you, and I think they figured it out. I think they really figured it out. And now onto my unproductive obsession, TikTok. <laughs> Kate thinks I'm insane. Until I sent her a Hamilton TikTok, and then she's like, no, this is really funny. Nope. Um, you, you consume it all for me. I do. I, I, parse, I parse millions of hours of content down for the two or three I think are the funniest every day. They're usually Hamilton or involve an Aussie. Because um, I have an Australian Shepherd, you guys, and she's the she's, best. Kate's super on board for those two or three TikToks she gets a day, though. That's it. That's it. No more. And then to bring it back full circle and wrap things up, social justice, uh, obviously it goes beyond Instagram. We hope you have um, been contributing in some way, be that protests or money or other. um, Buy a two minute conversation with the V digs. Yeah, you can do that, you guys. There are ways that you get something out of it too. So if you're that type of person, I'm not saying that was my only contribution, but you can. Um, but I think I speak for the both of us when I say we're committed to learning as much as we can right now. And we have been since June. I know I've donated specifically to two black charities in honor of black lives matter. Um, I also just slightly off topic, but not fully, um, donated to trans lifeline to support, uh, their work with trans youth, um on harry potter's birthday in july because jkr is a turf and we do not stand for that either um but Uh, it's really important for us to continue to listen and amplify the right voices and learn as much as we can about the systemic oppression of black indigenous and other people of color i um have not purchased a single harry potter thing since jkr's turfness came out basically so uh it's definitely something that 
we suggest you guys do as well. Um, I think both Francis and I will have incomplete Harry Potter collections that we both started of our houses because of it. But at the same time, maybe one day JKR will learn to not do that. And until then, we will buy used anything Harry Potter. So JKR gets no money. And um, I've seen floating around and I plan on doing this as well. If you are going to buy something brand new that's Harry Potter, I mean, when the time comes, it's probably two or three years at this point. Um, but I fully intend on finishing the Fantastic Beast series. I will see the other three or however many movies they end up releasing in theaters because I'm very invested in that story. But I will be donating every single cent that I spend at the theater that weekend and any other times I see it uh, back to another trans organization um, just to kind of balance out. And I've seen a lot of other people doing that on the internet and I think it's a great idea. Awesome. Cool. All right. So now that we have talked about everything that's happened, at least for the most part over the last eight months, uh, I think we're ready to get started, right? Yes. All right. So, um, Francis, not to make you uh, wait for it, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Um, we're going to talk about Hamilton. that musical sensation, Hamilton. And my theory that I would like to explore is that it is actually about Eliza Hamilton rather than her male husband person, whoever he is, right? Oh, not cute. put it past Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well, and so, like, that's one of the first things that I really want to talk about is, so, obviously, a little bit of historical background. Um, it is based off the Ron Chernow book, Hamilton. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, it might be called. I don't remember. I read the part of the book. But uh, <laughs> who actually talks a lot about how Eliza Hamilton was actually the most interesting character to him when he read through the, when he read all of the stuff about it, because at the end of the day, she was a woman who reminded him of his own wife. And that was something that was really kind of cool and something where the first part of it is he says of best of wives and best of women because, and he, he dedicates the book to his wife. And so that quote is the thing that obviously is echoed again in the play. And it is something that apparently they bonded over when they discussed it. So when Lynn, Lynn read the book, he reached out to Ron. This is when the, In the Heights was happening. And he kind of gave him an idea that, hey, I'm going to start writing uh, a mixtape about Hamilton. And Ron apparently was like, I don't know what a mixtape is, but okay. Um, and one of the things that they agreed upon was the idea that Eliza Hamilton was a really interesting character. And the women... Side note. Because I'm on Goodreads. Uh-huh. Ron Chernow, Chernow. Ch yeah, whatever. Has Sorry. written, wrote Alexander Hamilton, has a book about Washington, John D. Rockefeller Sr., Senior, Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, yep. the man has written so many historical novels and now I'm like fully invested in what Lynn to write musicals about all of them. Well, and apparently like a lot of what... Um... George Washington's character, not to get completely sidetracked, uh, was about was because of the George Washington, some of the George Washington uh, books as well. As And it's something that him and Chris Jackson bonded over because Chris Jackson was a huge um, history nerd also. So 
they all kind of consume this stuff. And this was all during In the Heights when Chris Jackson was also on that. So, um, ready for that movie, by the way. Of course, yes. But the interesting thing that just like kept on coming up to like coming back to me every single time that I really watched Hamilton and listened to it, I mean, it's a lot, you guys, um, <laughs> is that a lot of the women have some of the best parts, right? So I think it, one of the things that really made this theory be solidified for me was one of my friends actually went and saw the play. I was super jealous, obviously. Um, not the original cast, but a second cast. And um, he mentioned that when the musical came out on vinyl and CD and all that stuff, and he really missed the part when Eliza gasps because that apparently is not in the recording. Um, I've listened to it since and it's not there either. And it's one of those things where he was like, that was one of the most powerful moments when watching it and they took it out. And Lynn has said, well, there are things that you should see and, and, and experience. And so it's just interesting. Some of the stuff that was taken out was also stuff that really brings Eliza as a well-rounded character. Whereas like, Alexander is like kind of who you're supposed to like experience him as he it doesn't matter who's playing him it doesn't matter um whether or not you find Lin-Manuel Miranda attractive it's one of those things where it's like he is just a character who they fully develop whereas Eliza is kind of who you live through in my opinion she's the one who is introduced as such a optimistic character and she's one that then falls under Hamilton's spell and finally she's the one that helps write his story so when you think about what a protagonist usually does is they are the one that goes through those climaxes and those transitions and when you really think about Hamilton like he's pretty one-dimensional the entire time granted he has a little bit of a change when Philip dies and everything along those lines but I mean he still is himself and at the end like as much as you want to debate it yeah sure maybe he threw away his shot maybe he didn't maybe he missed there's a lot of controversy behind that but Eliza is still the one that exhibits the most growth she's the one that you are introduced to her in one context she has something dramatic happen to her her husband cheating on her and then talking about it publicly to the entire world and then her overcoming that after the death of their son to then become a person who every single time someone would would visit their house she would stare at a marble statue of her husband and call him my Hamilton so I think that and while going on and living 50 more years she's like the most amazing woman of all time and I really think that this was a dedication to her more so than it was to Hamilton and or Alexander Hamilton and it's only titled Hamilton it's not titled Alexander Hamilton it could easily just be titled Eliza Hamilton as well so that's uh the most of my theory what do you think Francis I'm on board with it yeah like have you what what other things do you think support it because I mean one other thing that's really kind of cool, and sorry, this is kind of a side note, but Angelica has the most badass rap in the entire thing. It's true. And once again, that was something that, like, could have been done by somebody else. Like, 
obviously David Diggs is sitting right there. He can rap like nobody's business, but Angelica gets the most. Yeah. So I fully am on board. We know Lynn loves a strong independent woman. Um, we know he's supportive of just about everything that we should be supportive of. Um, Happy so, 10 years to Vanessa and Lynn because we are supporters of you guys and all of your accomplishments. As if a you want to come on the podcast, we would not turn you down, either of you. Yeah, yeah. Or, it, your, or your adorable children. Or your dad. He, he knows a lot, too. Oh, like, my God. Your dad is amazing, Lynn. Yeah, sorry. Not to completely sidetrack this, but uh, if you do find out. Yeah, so you can, can borrow our Zoom link and join us. Can we also talk about that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the song Dear Theodosia about his dog? Before he had a kid. (laughs) And then he realized, oh, it worked. (laughs) (laughs) That little tidbit of knowledge just made me so happy. And I think both Kate and I as dog moms can relate. And, you know, hopefully one day in the future understand that the personal change that happens when you have a child of your own. Um, but we both love our dogs very much. So <laughs> I just love the idea of him crying while looking at his dog too, because they definitely get both choked up thinking about kids. And it was before Leslie Odom had a kid too, I think also. So it's like both of them like summoned this like emotional connection that you really would think is part of attached to a child because of Lynn's dog. <laughs> It's so good. And just as a side note, my first introduction to Dear Theodosia was um, Dear Baby Yoda from The Ringer. Oh, I never even knew that. I don't think I ever listened to it. Please do yourself a favor, Kate, and everyone listening. Go to The Ringer um, YouTube channel and look up Dear Baby Yoda. Um, It's by the same people that did Hallelujah. Oh, then, of course, yes. I then performed it at a Mavs game last year. So um, better times, obviously, when you could go to sporting events. But uh, Dear Baby Yoda is wonderful. And that was my first introdu- introduction to any any Hamilton music, to be quite honest, last fall. Um, I'm a newer theater nerd, so I'm still a baby theater nerd. Um, so yeah, I haven't, but- haven't seen much, but... Um, everyone wear your masks so New York can open and I can go see Hamilton on Broadway. Me too. I'm going to go too. But, um, yeah. So let's let, back to my theory real quick. There's just like a couple things that I really do want to like highlight because, because we said that Ron Chernow or how are you pronouncing your last name? I'm so sorry, Ron. Like, um, one thing that actually happened during the writing of Hamilton is Ron Chernow's wife died. And it was one of those things where when he saw Philippa do the role, he he really felt like it was kind of like his wife would have been happy about it as well. And that was like, like I said, it's like these things where when you're like listening to other podcasts about Hamilton, yes, there is one, it's called uh, the Hamilcast, right? Is they've actually talked about it um, on that podcast. Someone actually did suggest the idea that Eliza could possibly have been the main character as well. Um, I just think that when you think about how writing happens and given the fact that like Lin-Manuel Miranda is like the biggest literary nerd and play nerd and all that kind of stuff like he reads all the time I think it would be the thing that he would do 
behind the scenes as like almost a love letter to his wife and to Ron's wife and all these kinds of people that have been supportive of him and just his passion. Um, if you know anything about the In the Heights, it was initially written to be actually about his best friend who came out to him in high school. So it's it's one of those things where I feel like it is why, yes, it was initially called the Hamilton Mixtape. But once again, it wasn't called the Alexander Hamilton Mixtape. It was the Hamilton Mixtape. And Hamilton is its name. And even if he's the guy on the star, I don't necessarily think it's beyond him to give some of the best songs to the women, mainly Eliza. Like when you think about Burn, for example, there's just so much emotion behind that. That and she like literally burned something on the stage. I still I don't know how that works, but um, like that. And then just even at the end, like it's all about who tells your story. And if she's the one telling the story, isn't it? her story too well and i'll i'll say back to the emotion bit you really only see emotion from two men like real true raw emotion you see from burr and hamilton and there are many men on the stage at any given point and you have three or four women who show great emotion every time they're on the stage um So, I mean, it's, it's definitely something to consider that the women definitely have more emotion and tell that emotional, those emotional aspects of the story a little bit more. So I'm on board with it. So uh, what we want to challenge you guys with listeners is the next time you guys watch Hamilton or listen to it, just give it the idea that maybe rather than thinking about it through Alexander Hamilton's lens think about it as through Eliza's lens and see if maybe you can experience it different. All right. So the next one we have is our song game segment. And since I've been leading everything, I'm going to have Francis <laughs> go first. So what song dictates your life right now right now i wake up with a different hamilton song stuck in my head literally for the last two months i wake up with a different hamilton song stuck in my head every single day and i have no control over which one it is does not matter (laughs) which one is my favorite or which one i don't like they're all good i don't really dislike any of them i just prefer some to others um but for the past month i've been uh, going through some stuff at work it's also my busy season at work, so um, my big song is shocking from Hamilton, if you couldn't tell already. <laughs> um, it's Wait For It by Aaron Burr, the wonderful Leslie Odom Jr. I have a mug that says Wait For It, you guys, and it has wine in it, though, right now. <laughs> um, so that's been my big song of the moment. Um, it gets me hype. I mean, we don't we don't want to think of Aaron Burr as quote unquote a hero of that story. Cause he did kill someone. But when you really think about it, he wasn't totally wrong. He's kind of a killmonger. You, you totally see his justification for what he goes through in that story. Um, and we all Which, know, we all know that, that Alexander yeah. Hamilton is a Slytherin. So like it's <laughs> totally a Slytherin 100%. There's no question about it. Lin-Manuel Miranda even admitted that the meeting of Burr and Hamilton 
is based off of the scene in Harry Potter and the Philosopher or Sorcerer's Stone when Malfoy and um, Harry meet the first time. I don't know if he's talking about the books or the... Does uh, that mean that Aaron Burr is a Gryffindor? I don't know on that <laughs> aspect, but I do... I feel like they're both Slytherins, to be fully... Yeah, I would too. I would too. That, that's more what I'd say. Um, because the whole, like, scheming thing is definitely... Right. But I do feel like Aaron Burr is actually super relatable. And I... Again, I don't... He's kind of a Killmonger type of villain. He's not yeah. totally in the wrong. You, you can see his side of everything... You don't think he's fully crazy. I mean, I do think it's crazy just to kill someone. Duels in the... Uh, side note. Not only duels, but the vice president killed someone. <laughs> like, and that, I mean, Pence does that all the time with Planned Parenthood. But still, like... It's, it's uh, not so... To, yeah. Imagine or, Pence. Or imagine Pence meeting someone in New Jersey and just shooting them. Like, I mean... Everything's legal in New Jersey. Oh, shit. Um... <laughs> Anyway, no. Kate, what music have you been listening to? Um, so the, the, the artist that inspired this is Taylor Swift. And um, because she released an album during quarantine that I've also consumed quite a bit, uh, Folklore, I think one of the songs that actually really resonates with me and kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot is The Last Great American Dynasty. Um, it has a theme of basically being a mad woman who everybody kind of thought was a little bit out there at times and I mean I think there's a lot of times when us women probably feel that and I know the last time I, I did some sort of female empowerment thing too but at the same time like I do think that how she positions the person is how people like speculate like how did she do that how did she this woman trick a man into loving her that kind of stuff and it's just like maybe at some point you have to also give people the chance of thinking that they made their own choices and just because she was a divorced person she wasn't crazy like you guys can think she's crazy but maybe she's just driven if she was a man you'd call her that and I mean obviously we could say the man too which won a VMA but at the same time like I really liked how the last great American dynasty portrayed how one crazy woman sometimes is replaced by another one because the whole idea is that taylor swift bought the house afterwards and so it's like i don't know it's a really cool song if you haven't listened to it i highly recommend it it's just kind of reminds you that crazy is in the eye of the beholder and to someone that might think like think you're crazy you're just yourself and that's that's totally okay for us so uh, if you think this podcast is great, you've got a place with us, even if you are getting told by other people you're crazy. We support you unless you turn out to be the person that runs our fan club and kills us like Selena. Um, sorry. I had to Not on board with that. We are <laughs> Not okay with that, you guys. Um, we are in Texas. Of anything for Selena's in Texas. <laughs> exactly. So we have to think that in the back of our mind. Um, but yeah, so that's my song. I'm bringing it back to the classics, to Taylor Swift, but um, she's... She's pretty awesome, and once again, if you don't agree with that, you can get the fuck out. <laughs> um, no, you can stay, but uh, yeah, she's got some. She's she's my woman for today that I want to highlight through my song segment. Love that. Um. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for our second real episode, so our third overall. Um, what do you think about Kate's theory? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have more proof? Or do you even have another theory for us? Um, any fandom 
quite honestly, our, our interests run wide. (laughs) Um, but please, um, keep the conversation going with us. We are on Twitter at pod theory, or you can send us a line from our website, theorythepod.com. We've also started a playlist on Spotify of all the songs we discuss, um, in our song segment. And the link is in our about section. We're also on Instagram at Theory the Pod, and we look forward to continuing this dialogue with you on any platform and in future episodes. You we are on Stitcher, Spotify, and most other podcast platforms still working on getting on Apple Podcasts, although I can see from the analytics that people are listening to us there. Um, we are working continuously on getting on other platforms it's hard for independent little podcasters like ourselves um but if you've enjoyed what you've heard today or in our other episodes please tell a friend um send them a link to our website or whichever platform you're listening to and please rate and review us in the words of our favorite podcast binge mode five stars only that helps us get the word out about the podcast and we appreciate it more than you know this episode was hosted by kate chura and francis key Theory is produced by Kate Chira and Francis Key. Theory is edited by Francis Key. And the sound effects were provided by Anchor. Thanks, guys. See you soon, hopefully. Bye.